Hello, hello, and welcome back to Beauty Days and Baggage. This is Unpacking, I guess, Fall 2020. Unpacking COVID-19 on campus with Fuck It Won't Cut It, a BU student campaign. Basically saying that you shouldn't just do whatever you want to do because it affects other people. Um, so I have Haley McKee, Hannah Schweitzer, Michael Zhang, and Christopher Young from Fuck It Won't Cut It, and I'll let them each introduce themselves. Okay, hi everybody. I'm Haley. I am a public relations manager for the campaign. I'm also a grad student at BU studying PR and I got my undergrad at the University of Mississippi or Ole Miss and this has been a lot of fun. It's nice to nice to talk to all of you. Yeah, so hi everybody. I'm Mike Jose. I am now a rising senior at Boston University. So in the fall, I'll officially be a senior. And my major is public relations and my minor is business administration. I'm originally from Beijing, China, but I stayed on campus all across the summer. So I'm really looking forward to students coming back to campus and it should be a lot of fun. Hey guys, my name is Hannah. I am a rising senior studying advertising with a minor in history. Uh, I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Also, this campaign has been an absolute joy. The team that I'm working with is so amazing. And a little, little fun fact about me is that I have a sex talk show. So one thing I love about this campaign is we do talk about sex, so I get to take some of the stuff I do in that talk show over to this campaign. We're definitely going to unpack hookups and all that for sure, so it's going to be great. Uh, my name is Christopher Young. I have the unfortunate uh, responsibility of introducing myself after Hannah, which is always tough. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm also a senior at BU, and um, I'm studying ad, and I have a minor in music performance, mm. and uh, I'm just excited to talk. I love the name of your podcast. Thank you. That's why, because I've been thinking about a podcast for like a year now, and I just couldn't find a name that I liked, and I thought about this name at like three o'clock on a Thursday, like in the three o'clock in the morning. I was like, what would I even call this? And I think it very much fits me. Like people say, well, you're your perfect combination of beauty and braids. I'm like, yeah, that's so great. But I also have an incredible amount of baggage that I unpack <laughs> on a daily basis. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility in the name too, which I like. And I also like your name because the second I saw my friend post about it, I was like, wait, what is this? And then I was like, oh, I definitely should have them on my podcast because I wanted to talk about tips for the fall. Because I think the fall semester is going to be so pertinent in the controlling of this pandemic. Because, like, I think one thing that's frustrated me personally has been all these tweets about is summer 2020 canceled? Can we still have summer? Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, sweetie, could you just give it up? Like, <laughs> summer's gone. Summer is gone. If you chill out, we might have a March. We might have a March, but we need you to chill out now so we can have a March, so we can have a nice spring and maybe a nice summer 2021. But it's not happening. And it's so annoying because the same people who will post is summer canceled, staying in the house, da 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 da. They're the same ones going to brunch. And then you have mm -hmm. little old me. I've been in the house, like I was in the house. Like I saw a tweet saying, we don't know anyone who has actually been in their house for the past four months. And I was like, no, me, hi, I'm checking in. I've actually sat in my childhood bedroom for the past four months, right? And it's like, that's what we were supposed to do. So my first question is, why did you start this campaign? Although the answer is probably obvious, but um, what do you hope to achieve and where do you see as the biggest 
points you want to hit on, like the biggest goals for making sure COVID-19 doesn't spread like wildfire on our campus? Um, so the reason we started the campaign is kind of what you covered there, is this idea that, you know, in the spring, going home suddenly was definitely really weird. And we don't want that to happen again. And we know that for a lot of students, BU is where they feel at home. It's a campus where they feel safe. Home might not be a place where they feel physically or mentally safe. Mm. And so it's really wonderful for campus to be reopened. And a lot of students, we've gotten this privilege to do that. Um, and so now we should really take that seriously. So the mindset of this campaign is, mm. We, we all know this, but we all know that our generation, we're done, like we're done with authority. And believe me, I understand that mindset. I am as well. Um, and we wanted a campaign that's completely by students for students, because what better way to talk about keeping each other safe and talk about COVID-19 on a campus community than with your peers? I mean, when I hear my friends something, I usually take their advice. Um, I can talk right. about this more later, but we did a focus group also to kind of see what students mm. want to hear and what kind of messages and where that message should come from. And what we really learned is that students at BU, you know, they might not trust BU as an institution, but they trust the people at BU. They listen to the students, they listen to the professors, they listen to the mentors. And so, okay, great. That's where the message needs to come from, the people. Um, and so that's what brought us to making a by students right. for students campaign. Yeah, and just add on to that, um, I think I love this campaign because, you know, this is not like an elder telling, you know, the younger generations about what to do by finger wagging. This is like students to students, they're giving general advice and maybe trying to make things a little funnier and more interesting right. for people to understand. Because as we all see, like the Back to BU website, although it's very comprehensive and has a lot of information, but long sometimes, yeah, it is pretty long and hard to trace the information out there. So what we have to do is we have to turn it into graphics and easy readable content so that, you know, people can easily grasp the idea of the back to the US. Right. Mm -hmm. I completely get that. Cause even I, myself, you guys shared my moving guides. Thank you for that. Because I, for me as an RA, I was asking all my summer RA friends, like all these questions, like, and I have an in because I do have like res life, you know, connects because I am an RA so I can ask people questions. And for me, I was confused coming back to campus. Like I had to go through the whole, like I left campus March 6th, first time being back to campus since March 6th. I packed for spring break, did not pack for the apocalypse. The one time I didn't pack everything I usually packed and we got sent home. So I had to do the whole UPS thing and got some of my boxes sent back to me, had to figure out what am I bringing back to campus. And even I was confused with this whole move-in process. Yeah. So everyone else, like it's been so like mystified with like, what do we do with testing? What do we do with this? And it's actually very simple when you get here. Like it's very simple and distilled into like five things. Like you just get your key, do the nose swab, move your stuff in, quarantine. Like that's really it but it feels so big. Um, and I also wanna to touch on that point that you said of, I guess, hearing it from students, like what specifically are student concerns with coming back to campus that you heard? I think one of the biggest things, um, and Hannah mentioned the focus group, was that 
while a lot of people are excited to return and they're thankful to have the option to come back and be with their friends, they might be concerned that, okay, I'm making sure that I'm safe, but will other people on campus do that? So Mm. I think a lot of people are concerned about whether or not people will take this seriously. And that's kind of been something that we've tried to address in this campaign is, you know, while you might see a funny joke or like a bright infographic or whatever, um, a TikTok, something funny on our feed, this still boils down to the severity and the seriousness of making sure we're being safe and smart because our actions affect way more than just myself or you. It affects our teachers, their families, and just the broader Boston community. A hundred percent. No, yeah, because I think the other sad part to this is Boston as a city and Mass as a state has been very good at handling COVID-19, as opposed to the other 45 states in in the country, (laughs) um, one of which I'm from, Florida, the epicenter of the world, um, (laughs) literally. I don't have coronavirus, so I got my second negative because I stayed in the house and I did not pee on the plane that much, so that was great. but yeah, it's it's sad because all these residents in Boston, especially Boston, is like having you know majority minority districts where we know the coronavirus is affecting Black and Brown communities a lot, and people who might not have access to healthcare. For all of us to just come swarming back and thinking it's business as usual is just so selfish on many levels. Um, and for me, even at RA training, we actually talked about this last night, having this idea of will people sneak people in the brownstones because the brownstones are 100% a weak point for us. Like I can enforce the guest policy in my hall and it's very easy with the security guard, but are people going to have the restraints to not bring guests over? And how do we deal with that? Because I think this is a moment in our very individualistic society that we have to be communalist, you know, like we have to have like social responsibility and thinking about how our actions affect other people. So what are some tips that you guys have for students who want to see their friends, but they can't have guests and they need to really be in the dorm 95% of the time? How do we navigate that? What should we do? What are some activities they can do instead? Um, Places they can maybe go to ways to, especially when it gets cold. Because right now I think BU is relying on the fact that it's hot outside. So we could just say, take a walk. But then November's going to hit and it's going to be like, go take a walk away. (laughs) Um, So any tips for that? And it's okay if you haven't thought about it either, because it's a very big, for me, the one thing I thought of was like the Prudential Center, but what else? What what can we do? Yeah, I mean, the, the, our first tip is always hang out with people digitally, but Mm -hmm. we all know that like the likelihood of that being like, I hate Zoom birthday parties. There's nothing worse (laughs) than being on Zoom and being like, oh, it's nice to see everyone. And then, then someone's like, hold on, my Wi-Fi isn't working. Like, and then they just right. freeze like this for a good 15 minutes. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, outside is really nice right now. Um, but you're right when it's like seven below freezing in the city of Boston, it's going to be a little tougher. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about the like what what sort of spaces i mean if you have friends and off campus it's going to be a little easier so if you're wanting to do like some really small gatherings make sure you and your friends are really comfortable with like okay like we're all wearing masks here like you know i i this is how i feel personally 
um, is everyone on the same page as me? Um, like, yeah. are we comfortable enough to sit six feet apart and have like a wine night together and watch like movie marathons and have something really chill with like three, four people? Because you're going to, I mean, I'm going to want to see my friends when I go back. Like it's, right. it's right. going to be tough to just, to just say, like say to kids, oh, stay on Zoom. Uh, you know, obviously exactly. that's not, that's not entirely feasible. So. One thing Chris pointed out that I really like, and our campaign will cover this, and just like a little side note, is that so much of our campaign is not just teaching the protocols, but giving advice. Like mm -hmm. we, and we just started, so we, you don't see that much yet, but like yeah. there's going to be infographics on what, like tips on how to uh, hang out and like uh, how to, what I want to talk about going off Chris was this idea of making a game plan and talking about your friend, talking with your friends before you even see each other. Because talking about COVID can be really awkward. And I know that we've all had that moment where you see someone like you're passing by and you see someone you know, and they come close to you <laughs> or they take off their mask. Mm -hmm. and, and you mm. don't really know how to go, hey, can you put that mask back? I mean, it's awkward. I mean, it's no different than if you think about consent this idea of sometimes right. it's hard to say no and we need to think about this idea of making a conversation and saying yes first and so one thing that i did with my friends is i have a group chat with my friends and before we even were on camp on campus we talk to each other about how we feel about this so we don't ever pressure mm -hmm. ourselves so mm -hmm. we said what are what are what are your limits you know and i am one who's very paranoid about this and i said well my limits are I'm sorry, but like, I'm not taking off my mask. I'm only going outside. Like we can have a snack, but like we need to be a good 10 feet apart from each other. Because <laughs> um, I'm kind of freaked out by it. And it was really nice for me to say that so that now this semester, my friends mm -hmm. aren't gonna text me things like, hey, let's hang out because then I feel uncomfortable to say no. So it's really nice right. to establish that ground level and get really used to asking before we do anything. I do. No, think, I completely agree. Oh, sorry. Go. Cool. Okay. I, I do think to Hannah's point, um, all it takes is that first person to open up and have that conversation mm -hmm. and have that dialogue because this is still weird. Even though we've kind of been navigating this this new normal, if you will, for kind of a, a little while now, it's still kind of hard when you're back in a different place to bring it up again. So I think yeah. um, something we would encourage our, our peers here is to not be afraid to have those conversations because you never know who's just kind of waiting on you to bring it up so they can talk about yeah. it themselves. So don't shy down and don't back away from that because that's what's gonna make a lot of change um, in our little circles on campus. A hundred percent. I Actually, one thing I really like about COVID-19 is this idea of boundaries. Um, like the idea that you can't just touch people. Like, you know how people just go around touching pregnant ladies' bellies? Right. As if that's normal. <laughs> like, sweetie, that's not your stomach. Like, <laughs> and so that's one thing I actually do want to stick on for even post-COVID is boundaries. I think right. people just don't know boundaries. Even for me, like, I love hugging sometimes. But I have friends who hate hugs. So I know I'm not going to hug them. Even though I might want to. They don't like it, so don't do it to people. Um, I really like that you brought up that idea of consent because it really is no different. Like you don't know people's whether or not they're immunocompromised. Like the reality is, coronavirus also gives you pre-existing conditions. It's something that affects you 
later on in life with lung problems, whatever have you, when you're like 52, you know, from having coronavirus once. It's not just a fact of, because I feel like this narrative, ooh, this narrative of I'm young, if I get it, I'll survive. Like, yeah, yeah, you might survive, but you might also get lung problems, heart problems, whatever, when you're like 46. Do you really want to deal with that? You have breathing problems later on is the thing. So what are some actually COVID misconceptions, like that idea of I'm young? Oh, that's a big one. Oh my gosh. I've heard, I've heard that everywhere. Like, but I, I think like the, I feel like that's a huge, like, um, that isn't the majority of how us students all feel. Mm, I think it's just, there's been like a, a large uh, like a bigger voice that's kind of amplified that right and then that's sort of like just been spun around especially in like the mainstream media of like right. just oh like oh don't worry about it it's not a big deal but in reality there's so much we don't know about this virus like you don't know mm-hmm. anything about a virus until like even with modern technology like two three five years down the line so we can't say anything for certain um but that's a big thing we wanted to address by having these like bullshit meters um, mm-hmm. where we could really, oh, I love that. we could pitch these facts of something like, Hey, you know, like it doesn't matter if I had the Rona, like, it's not a big deal. Like we can hook up. Like, it's not a, not a big deal at all. Like <laughs> it's like just something that we would hear people say like, Oh, like I can throw a party at my apartment. Like we all tested negative. It's fine. Not a big deal. Um, and these are things that we wanted to address and just frame in a way that like you look at the statement and go like who said that that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard (laughs) and then have have like a little meter with with the real facts of something that we got from like you know the CDC or some other organization that like specializes like maybe the um, American College of uh physicians or something like that and really dispel these these falsehoods um because yeah there's a lot there's a lot of that (laughs) for sure we we know even after like a week of uh you know press how how crazy uh different conspiracy theories fly around (laughs) one thing i love that chris pointed out is this idea we are really fortunate to get tested all the time on campus. I love that we get to get tested. But um, one thing that is a big misconception with the tests is that when you have a negative test, oh, it's a free for all. Like, great, I got a negative test. Now I can hook up with this person. Now I can throw this party. All my friends have negative tests, so now we can do this. But what a lot of people don't know is actually if you're exposed with the virus, the day of your test, or maybe even a day before your test, yeah, the test might be come out negative. Um, so it's really important that like, yes, you may have tested negative, but still act as if you might have it or as if you need to be extra careful, um, which is something to keep in mind. It's awesome we're getting tested, but just always take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, because people, I don't get why people aren't more vigilant because just thinking about a regular semester on campus, the way disease spreads like wildfire, like mm-hmm. it's a cesspit of disease. Oh my God. A regular I was sick fall semester. All freshman year. <laughs> all freshman <laughs> no, year. I feel like everyone was sick. Like it's crazy. That was, it is wild. Like my biggest piece of advice I got before I came to campus was 
bring Clorox wipes. That's something I live by even before coronavirus was bring Clorox wipes because people are going to get sick. So you need to sanitize everything anyways. And it's just like, I don't get how people even have that mindset when we've been through the BU plague. Like people get sick every month. <laughs> and like you're over here thinking that, oh, well, I just can't catch corona. That's like, that. Right. that's crazy to me. But Speaking also, of the Clorox wipes, though, too, I think a lot of people, because it's a respiratory disease, um, they forget that, yes, the droplets can sit on stuff. So yes. um, it's still important to wipe down surfaces. And that includes, like, your personal surfaces. Like, exactly. there's nothing wrong with every week or twice a week cleaning your own bathroom. It might just be, maybe it's just you and one person in that bathroom, but still clean it. Oh, that's It'll be thing. nice if you clean it. <laughs> Right. So that's the other thing is preparing, getting your little three packs of Clorox. That should wipe, that should last the whole semester. But I'm very Caribbean and Caribbean people, we clean. Um, our moms clean every Friday or Saturday. And that's just a thing we grew up with. But I remember coming to college because my roommate freshman year, I think she went to boarding school. So she didn't have to worry about cleaning like the bathroom. She just had to clean her personal space. A lot of people don't know how to clean or don't grow up with that expectation. So that's so interesting to me that you say that because cleanliness is, as an RA, I can say cleanliness is definitely something people fight about. But I want to echo Hannah's point to quote my Caribbean mother, cleanliness is next to godliness. Like you need to dress <laughs> yeah, I totally every agree. Friday or Thursday, put on your music, you know, get your stuff out, wipe it down, put your bleach, or you need some good bleach, you know. Um, I really want to emphasize that. But also, side note, I actually wanted to confirm. So you said it's really a small amount of people who think, oh, if I have it, I or oh, I, I won't get it because I'm young. If I get it, I'll be like, okay. In your focus group, do you think a lot of BU students think that way? Or is it just a very small but vocal minority at BU? Are, are most of us who are coming back on the wavelength of like, okay, let's keep each other accountable? Yeah, so in our focus group, um, what we really learned is that most of the students um, are less, their mindset is we need to keep each other accountable. Most of the biggest mm. concern we heard was my peers aren't going to do what I believe in, um, which okay. that's what I find really exciting about this campaign is I do think that the people, it's so different than politics in a way, the people who are really outspoken about something, um, sometimes you don't know what's going on in the background. Um, and obviously the people who aren't really outspoken, aren't really feeling coronavirus or don't really want to take follow the protocols, they aren't posting on social media things like, guys, stop following the protocol. Everyone <laughs> needs to stop. Right. <laughs> um, and so I think there is this fear of something might happen. And, you know, um, in our DMs, our DMs and our social media have kind of become this area of um, places for students to say, hey, I saw this, which is really awesome because we kind of have a whole, one great thing about this community-run campaign is a whole community kind of keeping an eye on the community. Um, so we got a DM from someone saying, hey, I saw someone having probably too large of a gathering in Alston. I would really like if you guys covered maybe partying and covered maybe why this isn't good. Or, hey, I think a lot of people forget that campus um, is a safe place for many people. And I would love for you guys to remind that to students that, you know, this isn't just about right. catching COVID-19. This is about, you might be taking away someone's home um, if we have to shut mm -hmm. down campus this seriously. So it's really, that's kind of like, it's almost been like baby focus groups happening every day with these DMs um, with 
the concern of, you know what, I'm seeing this, I think people are forgetting this. Um, and so right. that's kind of what we've heard from BU students. Yeah, and just to add on to that, I think we have to understand, like, this is the fact that we are been being suppressed since March, like for four months. And we're, mm. when we come back to campus, of course, there's, there are going to be a lot of students who's going to be just, you know, hanging around with homies and partying. Yeah. And so our campaign's focus is not stop you from, you know, gathering or partying. We're just trying to remind you and create this culture of reminding you the potential danger of getting infected by COVID-19 and by following right. those safety protocols. You know, you may still have small gatherings and still, you know, hanging around with homies, but just wear a mask or, you know, just keep social distancing. That's the most right. important thing. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is hooking up. Can that even happen? How would that happen? Because I am also a person who, you know, every three weeks or twice a semester, I don't know, I might engage in, some, in, in a dalliance. I have no idea. <laughs> with someone off campus. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but um, how would that even work? What's a way to make sure you're safe? Are we just going to have to keep doing the phone sex gig? Like, what's going on? I'm happy to talk about this. It was my favorite topic. Um, okay, so, yes. So, obviously, it's no different than we think about sex ed in schools. If right. we just posted constantly, hey, don't have sex, I mean, that's not going to go anywhere. People are going to have sex. I mean, that happens. It's part of life. Um, what we do want to post is alternatives or ways to stay extra safe. And everything we're doing, we're actually working alongside BU Wellness and also BU SARP. And they right. and the BU SARP ambassadors who are experts in this kind of stuff. And they have been helping us figure out what these alternatives are. What kind of tips and tricks should we give to students? So everything we post will be backed from those sources and then also back from the CDC. Um, but yes, yeah, so what, what, are, what are some things we're going to post? Well, the first thing is obviously we all know that we are our own safest sex partner. Mm -hmm. That um, having sex with yourself is absolutely wonderful and that is a super safe way if you're really concerned about COVID um, to stay pleasured. Uh, the second option would be virtual sex. And a lot of our campaign will be focusing on tips and tricks on how, how to have virtual sex. Because for those of you who have tried virtual sex, it's awkward. It's awkward. It's like not okay. like, It's I, like, um, <laughs> it can be really, really weird. And um, I totally understand. It's just because it's something people might not be used to. Um, so right. we are giving those tips and tricks on how to have a good time doing that and feel satisfied. Leave that virtual sex session thinking, yeah, that was great. Um, and also something about that too is with virtual sex and sexting, there is there becomes a kind of a blurred line with consent. Um, a lot of times uh, we do want to see mostly like conversational consent, but a lot of times when you're with a person, you can read body cues um, and that's not happening virtually. And so what our campaign will also cover is how to ask for consent, how to say, hey, like wanna sext or hey, can I send right. you a picture? I mean, we don't want any unsolicited nudes at this time and or mm -hmm. any time um, and all of that. So we'll cover that. And then, all right, let's say you don't wanna, you don't wanna have sex with yourself, which you know what, you should try it because I think you'll like it. And you don't want to have virtual sex, then you decide you're going to have sex in person. Um, mm. If that's something you decide, uh, we will give you tips and tricks on how to make sure you have 
not only safe sex, but safer sex. Mm -hmm. um, and so that includes things like doing your tests and keeping up with your tests. Um, it includes knowing what your partner tested, possibly considering staying within the BU community because we all are getting tested as well. And even better, staying within your household. So anyone on your floor or your roommate. Um, that <laughs> but that awkward. might make things awkward. That might <laughs> oh, things awkward. Do, but something to have, the, what we've learned from COVID is everything requires a conversation. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. uh, and also using things such as barriers, um, finding ways to um, have kinky sex with masks and barriers, adding, we've been joking right. a lot, but it's actually a real thing, a glory hole <laughs> or anything like that. Um, so that's what we'll teach um, in our campaign as well. Uh, just something to keep in mind though, is that it's a respiratory disease. So sex is something where you're breathing on each other a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, it's very possible to just take- Maybe, you know, hit it from behind. There you go. They, the CDC, yeah. I feel like who did it? Someone came out with like the two positions that are <laughs> the safest and it's right. um, reverse cowgirl. If of you're, if, you, if that's something you do and um, doggy style. <laughs> My tip for that that I saw on Twitter would be to do it on the couch and rotate your hips. Anyways, um, in terms of hanging out though, one thing I think I'm gonna do, and y'all could totally correct me if this is even wrong still, or, or not maybe the best, but I think I definitely love the dining hall grab and go. Like my introvert, cause I'm an ambivert, so I go between extroversion and introversion a lot. I just love being able to pick that shit up and leave and watch Disney Plus in my dorm. Like I love that so much. Um, and one thing I want to do maybe is like maybe every two weeks I'll get a brunch with my friends or one thing I do want to do and I will do is get crab. I want crab from the shaking crab. So I'm going to do that with a friend and the like around the first week of classes or something. So I definitely think socially distanced hang hangouts with like one to two of your close friends every few weeks, not like every type of day thing, you know, is probably the, the, best way to go but is there a way that maybe that could be more often or, or what would that look like if it was more often is my question well first of all i think grab and go is great because you no longer need to like have awkward encounters with people it just it takes that out you, you don't have to deal with that like one person that you like hooked up with from mm -hmm. the psych class freshman year it's like that's over with you're that's obsolete now so we don't even have to deal with that but i think especially for people who are like more introverted now, I, it's going to be like harder to schedule mm. that time and like be like, hey, do you want to get lunch on so-and-so? Because I know there are some days where I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to, I could text this person to come with me, but I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go grab it. So I think that, you know, and this won't be a problem for most people and some people, but Mm -hmm. I think for there, there's definitely going to be some more work that you have to do if you want to like keep up with people. Just if you're not like living near them or with them, right. like just based on if you're being safe, like it's going to be a lot harder to see those same people. Um, so I think that's a great idea, especially if you're like you have a small group that you want to like go get lunch with, you know, right. and like maybe you have a favorite place to like go pick up food and you can eat it outside when the weather's good or like find find like a nice neutral area um mm. a neutral virus free area hopefully <laughs> um but i i definitely think that's important especially 
you know, keep up with those friends that like, you know, you maybe yeah. haven't seen in a while. I think one thing we're learning from this, and I think it's an awesome thing to learn, is that you don't have to do everything. And especially this semester, coming into college, and especially for first years, there is a pressure to join as many clubs as possible. Mm-hmm. Do amazing in all your classes, A plus in every class. Uh, feel like you are a perfectionist. And it is a pandemic, and you have to keep reminding yourself that if you're just going to do one activity and, you know, shoot for a good B or a C in your class, that is totally enough. Um, So I think the way to deal with that Zoom fatigue is that you won't have that Zoom fatigue if you feel pressured to live a life that you would live if you weren't doing most things virtually. Mm. Um, And you just have to remind yourself that it's a different time. Um, and that's something our campaign covers a lot, will cover a lot as well, is this idea of self-care and mental health and the fact that, you know what, like, it's a weird time. You, like, right. give your, cut yourself some slack. Half the, like, half the reason you're exhausted is because you're thinking about a pandemic. Um, and so right. that's something we'll teach as well. Um, and then going off that with friends, the thing is, is that it's wonderful to keep in touch with friends, but do not feel this pressure to be um, hanging out with friends all the time and texting all your friends and checking in because that is can be really stressful as well. And that and people will still labor. be, yeah, and people will still be here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, this will pass eventually. And when it does pass, there is nothing wrong with if you lost touch with a friend a little bit and then a, two years later, you reach out and say, hey, the worst thing that could happen is they don't reply and that's on them. That's not on you. Um, and so that's yeah. just something I've been reminding myself and I hope other people remind themselves as well. I think also on kind of the flip side of the same coin, like say you are like feeling super extroverted and you really crave like constant physical connection with people. I mean, I think in a way Zoom or these platforms that we're going to use this semester, like it in a way levels the playing field because in a sense, like if you've always been maybe a little nervous to show up to this meeting or you didn't want to go to this thing alone, you know, you can just hop on a meeting with so much ease, like right from your bed where I'm sitting now. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I've been trying to kind of look at it in, I guess, an optimistic sense and say like, well, now it's sort of just a come one, come all attitude. And I know we're all a little tired of like, which link do I use, whatever. But hopefully, you know, some, in some way it can be a little more inclusive too, because there's no barriers. It's open for everyone. I think it's more about, you know, this campaign too, is more about changing the mindset of people and making them feel like the COVID-19 is not, you know, that suppressing. And we can always find another way of living that we always enjoy. Right. No, I actually really like, some things I actually really like of the uh, COVID-19, the other two things really are, one, the actual wearing a mask. Like I really love walking around now because literally during carnival, like during Trinidad carnival, I was seeing my friends wearing masks anyways because masks are like a fashion statement and I remember thinking damn this is like kind of fire like this is really (laughs) cool um little did I know we would actually have to wear masks as a thing (laughs) later on but I was just thinking as a fashion statement like you look mysterious like you're over here like with your mask and I just like I love being able to put on my mask and I have these like 
none of the people on this can see this, but you see I have my shades, and I love putting on oh, yeah. these two and just walking up and down. Because if you're like me and you have conversations with yourself or you're walking in a music video half the time, <laughs> it just makes it so much easier to do that. And then also with RA training, for example, RA training is like literally from 7 to 10 p.m. Like it's a whole day type of affair. I've kind of gotten away from it because I'm in quarantine. So I haven't been doing like the move-in shifts and working. I just have to do training and like team bonding. But even with like RA training at night, like being able to take off your video or like mute the conversation if we're talking about microaggressions and I don't want to hear about microaggressions anymore. Instead of Mm -hmm. having to get up and leave and it's a whole thing, I can just mute it and be like, this is not something I want to take in. This is too much emotional energy. Um, But one thing I wanted to touch on is professors requiring you to have your video on and requiring, like, I am going to do learn from my dorm. Even though I'm on campus, I'm definitely not going to class because that makes no sense. Um, So I'm going to be in my dorm because none of my classes are really any classes. Like, I don't have labs where I need to be doing things. Like, I completely feel for STEM students in this time because their classes are so hands-on. Um, but most of my classes are just discussion based and I can do that from here Um, but I just like I don't like when professors require you to have your video on because especially for the introverts and people who have anxiety like I just wish professors understood what anxiety was you know what I mean I don't think they really understand what it means to have anxiety like it's like lost on them because some people like it genuinely is stressful to be on zoom and you're telling me i have to have my camera on in my personal space um so what are some advice a piece of advice that you have for students who do have anxiety who are kind of struggling with the zoom format who might have a professor who wants them to have their video on yeah, first, I have definitely the same feeling because when I'm having summer two class, like mm-hmm. my professor was like constantly telling everybody to open their camera. For example, like one right. of one of my students in my class, he just, you know, he just didn't want to open his camera. But the right. professor is constantly calling him like two times per class through the right. whole summer semester. Like, open your camera. Why are you hiding? <laughs> And, That's and, just <laughs> unnecessary. And yeah. I think it's funny, but it's like really unnecessary bro i don't know yeah what i would stress it what i would stress if you really don't want to show your personal space if your computer supports that function just add like a future of like hawaiian beach (laughs) Ah, yeah whatever yeah yeah yeah. i i would i feel like definitely an email to the professor to be like listen i just don't feel comfortable because at the end they're gonna understand i think half of the time when they're like could you please turn the camera on it's because it's it might be because their own anxiety because when you're talking on here especially if you just see a blank wall of empty spaces mm-hmm. it, it it feels like it's just going out into the ether and like right so i i sympathize with kind of both sides of it because i don't i mean i don't think you should have to turn on your camera if you're if you don't feel comfortable like you know right. you you shouldn't feel like you have to you know be involved like even if participation was like for <laughs> for for a grade like you still don't have to participate like you can do whatever you right. want to do you know um yeah i yeah. actually just kind of oh no continue oh i just wanted to add like sideways even if you don't open your camera you can still participate by sweeping it's not right. like yeah you turn off your camera you're gone away it's not like that yeah. right because that's one thing i actually do want people to get more cognizant of post-corona is 
the way we feel so entitled to people's times. Uh, I think in a capitalist structure too, there's no idea of like, like this is the perfect time to do the four day work week. I'm sorry, whoever came up with the five day work week is a sadist. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, let's take siestas. Think, let's do no, it. No, literally, I'm, like I'm on board. No, because the four day work week. Just think of how productive you are after a three day weekend. Because like yeah. the four, the five day work week as it stands, like Friday is not part of the weekend. It's basically you leaving work. Saturday you're doing things, and then Sunday you're like thinking of Monday already. So. <laughs> let's just do the four this is a perfect time to do it one and two like one thing with zoom that you people have had to learn as well is like just because i'm in the house and i don't really have any excuses to why i'm not free at this time it doesn't mean i can be available for a zoom call at 8 a.m like if i do not want to meet at 8 a.m like y'all can wait till nine o'clock the way god intended it like you can wait until it sees an hour in the morning um and that's something i really hope sticks because people for so long are like, well, why can't you come to this required club meeting? Why can't you come to this? And they haven't really been respectful of schedules. I wanted to add just on that line also as well is that I think one thing I've noticed with everything being virtual is this idea of, well, now everyone's making these jokes of you don't know what day it is, but that oh, a weekend sure. is still a weekend. I have found myself doing a lot of work mm-hmm. on the weekend um, and that's because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel, there's nowhere to commute. It doesn't feel like my home no starts to feel up. like my office. Yeah. Um, and so it's important to take the weekend as a weekend. Um, so your home doesn't start to feel like your classroom and your desk and all of that. Your home needs to feel like your home. Um, that's such a good point. Because um, a tip for that, especially for people returning to dorms, um, for me, I'm definitely going to make it a point to get up and get to this little area and sit on my desk. So when I go in my bed, my bed is a separate place from my desk, mm-hmm. just like it's a separate place from the couch and the other chair. Like it's just like the desk is the workstation. <laughs> That's what it will be. So even setting aside one place where when you sit here, you do work and then making the other space of your, your room, um, that sort of sanctuary like bell hooks and all about love she talks about because self-love is great and self-love is the foundation of your loving practice um your home as a sanctuary actually can help bring out self-love and i think now we have a time where we can actually make our home our sanctuary i know that might be difficult in a shared dorm space but um and this is not the time to bring back elaborate dorm decorations either in case we get sent home but even just having like your humidifier or a, a small diffuser or like reed diffusers not candles because that's a fire hazard and as an ra i cannot endorse candles <laughs> or a toaster but, oven or a toaster, no don't bring your keurig <laughs> don't bring the keurig but like having those little things or even for me one thing this is so random i don't know if y'all could relate to this but disney plus is literally the most comforting streaming platform like yeah. something about opening Disney Plus makes me feel happy. Like Netflix and Hulu feels like adult things. Like Netflix and Hulu is like, even there's just the background. Netflix is like that black background with like the little gray raised Netflix. You know what I mean? And it just it feels serious. But Disney Plus is like, wow, Lady and the Tramp lives here. Like <laughs> I'm gonna watch. Literally, I was watching Disney Plus before I launched my website. I was watching Peter Pan. It was like two o'clock in the morning. I was writing articles while watching Peter Pan. Um, so even finding things that cater to your inner child, um, whether that's bubbles. 
always have bubbles. You can never be mad when you have bubbles. You can never be mad blowing bubbles. It just is a thing. Or Play-Doh. Um, that's my <laughs> piece of advice for people is like doing those things that you liked as a kid. Like if you liked sewing or if you liked dressing up as a princess, like dress up, have fashion shows in your dorm and take pictures, you know? Um, that could all be ways you fill your time and also give you a break from the regular sort of like, here I am doing work, here I am so zooming true. my friends. Because um, that's something I feel like people forget is that self-care component and how your, your home is kind of a sanctuary. And speaking of homes, because you all did bring this up and this is a very good point. Um, when we close campus, you send students back to maybe locations that aren't safe. My home experience was not bad, but definitely living with parents is not always good because you know, you, especially living in college and you have your own way of being, like you're used to waking up on Saturday at this time, you're used to cleaning your dorm at this time and suddenly you're on your parents' time. Or maybe you're going back to a home that literally is, it might be abusive. Some people might have abusive households, whether that's mentally or physically. Or this is the other thing, like a lot of students and especially in the black community that I've spoken to, um, you know, even having something like consistent hot water um, or like, you know, heating. And that's the one thing like facilities, god bless them at least if your heating breaks down in the winter they will fix it for you <laughs> and that's so different from i know my folks living in off-campus apartments know a struggle of like i have to call my landlord and my landlord don't give a shit i don't got heating right. <laughs> they don't care um so just even these things that we take for granted having having constant access to food um is yeah. important so this is why we need to follow these social distancing guidelines so that people can still live on campus and not have to get sent back home to places that might not be conducive to their learning. Because it's one thing to be home during winter break when you ain't got shit going on. It's another thing to be home when it's the semester. You have like 20 pages of a research paper to write and it, your parents are yelling and like you just, your Wi-Fi keeps cutting out. That was the other thing for me. My Wi-Fi was terrible, but I needed <laughs> it to be good. Yeah. Oh, I, I know the feeling. <laughs> I, I would get feeling. locked out of class bro like it would leave on a loop every 20 minutes it was like we're done we were connected we're done now and just when the professor calls on you it's done like and it's the most awkward thing anyways do you guys have anything to add did we hit any points or did we miss anything definite tips for coming back to campus do we did we cover all that do we did we tell people what they need to know we had a few, but we'll follow FCK. It won't cut it. We'll have more coming through the um, the rest of the semester. So we'll, we'll hopefully be, you know, updating our Instagram feed. Well, not hopefully. We will yes. be doing that. Um, yeah. <laughs> that will occur. That will yeah. occur. Um, I think another thing, too, I, I'd like to add is that um, this campaign is so much more than just us eight students who put it together. Right. Um, we're going to have brand ambassadors all around campus. We'll have swag. You'll see us around campus. We're going to be on the bus. Oh my God, we're can I be a brand ambassador? <laughs> of course, <laughs> do, anytime, of course. anytime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just something to know is that like, we want this campaign to be so much more than just what we created. We want it to be what mm -hmm. the students need. Um, and what's great is we're students. So we right. are, our DMs are open. 
Our email is open. If anyone has any idea, a way they want to help out, if they want to do a takeover and share something they're really good at, whether it's like tips on mental health or tips on virtual right. sex or anything like that, um, we are all ears um, because the more the merrier because it's all it's really all on us to put this together and to stay safe this year. So um, right. that's what I wanted to share. Thank you all for being on this episode. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, Thank you for having any us. Any other Thank last you. thoughts yeah. or things you want to plug? Follow us. Yeah, <laughs> just our Instagram account and our Twitter account. Good Good part of it. Yeah. And what's it's- your podcast called, Hannah? Yeah, so our podcast is going to come up around September, and it's just going to be called the Effort. It's that. No, no, I mean your sex podcast. Oh, my, oh, oh, well, oh, well, I just, there's also going to be a Fuck It Won't Cut podcast, but my um, sex podcast, it's a radio show and it's called Love Is On The Air. You can follow that. Oh, Love it. through WTBU. That's yes. what that's about. <laughs> that's I me. I never knew that. <laughs> wow. No, I do jalapeno peppers. I don't know if I will still do jalapeno. We'll see how that goes, but. I'm just letting the youngins deal with that. But yeah, no, that's dope. Wow. Well, thank you all. Join us <laughs> next week as we unpack something else, which is to be determined. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. Stay safe, stay well, wear your mask, bring your gloves, pack the Clorox wipes. It's more important than anything else you're probably going to pack. And try not to be on the plane and sanitize everything. So yeah, stay safe, y'all.